Is it okay to be racist to white people? Now, I'm not asking that question. What I'm doing is responding to a video that asked this question. Is it okay to be racist towards white people? I'm a little twisted, a little bothered on the inside by the notion that we should even have to ask that question or that somebody thought it was appropriate to ask that question. Race has been one of those things, despite a lot of people's efforts. And I think when I say a lot of people, I mean most Americans' efforts to try to live in a world where racism no longer matters, where racism isn't a problem. But yet, I honestly do feel that there is a select minority in this country who wants racism to stay alive. Not because racism is good, not because racism is necessary, but because it's profitable. I know that by making a video about racism, about black people, about white people, about other races, that my potential viewership may go up because people, for some reason, are attracted to the subject of race. People have made their whole careers off of talking about race, whether it's blacks on the political left who talk about anti-racism and the woke agenda who want to insist that America is perpetually racist and systemically racist to blacks who are on the conservative side who spend countless hours making videos about how effed up the black community is and how they need to get their S together. And in some sense, I've kind of, you know, spoken about these two groups at length in other videos and other content that I've created. I've debated a lot of people on this particular subject. And the reason I felt it was important to highlight my thoughts on this before I get into the video and actually get my thoughts on it is because I want to appeal to something deeper, something that resonates with all of you who may be watching this. Racism sells. Racism is profitable because we buy into it. We feed into it. We click on the videos because it's talking about race. Whether you're looking for some positivity by people who share your skin color or whether you're looking to justify why you feel the way you feel about a particular group or a particular political you know, ideology. We rush towards these types of videos to you know, find out exactly what's going on and where we stand and where we fit in this whole thing. I used to believe that at some point we would say enough was enough and that we would be more interested in the mundane things in life, you know, more so watching tech videos or indulging in political videos in order to be educated about the political system and watching debates that are intellectual where people can, you know, share both sides of the fence and make you see the points that are valid or not. And honestly, I don't think that the YouTube algorithm and social media is interested in those things reigning supreme over the rest of the content that spreads like wildfire, which is negativity. Negativity sells. 
We know this. If you post something negative on a social media platform, it's way more likely to be shared than positive messages. That says more about us than it says about the subject. Humans have good and bad that resonates with them. We all have an angel. We all have a demon. And sometimes the demon is bigger than the angel. And it's up to us to be vigilant. It's up to us to fight back. It's up for us to make a decision on who we are as people and what we are willing to participate in. Yes, I am making a video that is addressing the subject of race. And in some ways, I really do wish that as time goes on, doing so becomes less profitable. It gets less views because nobody is actually interested in the subject at all. And I know that when the presidential race happens, that more and more people will be talking about race. It seems to happen around certain election cycles. But with that being said, let's get into this video. This video right here is called, Is It Okay to Be Racist to White People? And I'm going to get it pulled up here um, so we can you know, check it out together. And let's see exactly what the conversation is like. And at first view, you see uh, a guy of Asian descent talking to some black folks. We'll see how it goes. Do you make white jokes? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've been yeah. guilty of it. I don't think it's possible to be racist towards white people. Racism was invented by white people. Why do you think it's more accepted in society to make jokes about white people? Because all right. So they're right off the rip. All right. This guy is asking these questions. And is he genuinely... Like, it's his purpose to, like, dismiss the idea, the ideas that people have that are bad? Or is it to get people to spread ridiculous ideas for the sake of him profiting? You know, that's a good question. I want to make sure. All right, let's go. Racism was invented by white people. Why do you think it's more accepted in society to make jokes about white people? Because they make jokes about the rest of us. White people have never gone through any oppression. So the question white people have never gone through any oppression. The only person who can say something along those lines is somebody who is uneducated at the very least. You cannot be an educated person and never, ever come across any information where white people were oppressed. Do you think that white people were living in a utopia and then they spread out and started oppressing everybody else? Have you not heard of the Roman Empire? Have you not heard of the Greeks? Let's talk about how the Persian Empire, which was not a white race, was attempting to oppress a white race. And why would you be willing to step out in front of a camera and make bold statements, knowing that you're not educated enough on a certain subject to make a well-educated response? This says something more to people's ability or need to get a spotlight. 15 seconds of fame. I want to ask is, is it okay to be racist towards white people? I still struggle with this myself. She still struggles with it herself. I still struggle with this myself. You struggle with the question, is it okay to be racist? Let, let, let's just take white people out of it for a second. 
is it okay to be racist? If you just ask that question, the automatic answer should be no, especially if you're talking to a black person, because black people are the ones who claim to hate racism the most. So you would assume that all black people will be on board with saying racism equals bad under any circumstances. Despite their ancestral impact on America, it's not right to put all of them in that box. I don't think it's okay to be racist towards anyone. White people are still people. It is possible. To That's a good answer. It's not okay to be racist towards anyone. Now, there's going to be people who are going to say the right thing. And I appreciate the fact that he could just put, you know, when you make these videos, you can cut out and edit however you choose and you can decide who you want to put in here. So... Uh, maybe he's trying to show the nuance on how people are thinking, you know. I, I give him credit for that, but it doesn't take away the fact that this video ultimately was made to get clicks. To be racist towards white people as well, yes. I don't think you can be racist towards white people. What do you mean? I don't, a white guy saying, I don't think you can be racist towards white people. I don't think you can be racist towards white people. All right, we're not even going to try to dissect exactly what race is if it's a social construct or not let's just say for the sake of this argument that white people are a race and if white people are a race then you can be racist against a race because inherently that's what racism is you know you you need to be a race in order to be being you know it has to be a race for you to be racist against it but what do you mean by that? racism was invented by white people? Okay, so if you invent something, that means it can't affect you or impact you or be used against you. So if I create a car, if I build a car, that doesn't mean somebody can't run me over with it. Logic. You can't take it out of historical context. People love to say historical context. People love to say historical context. But nobody ever talks about the current context. Uh, what about now? Like, yeah, nobody's going to ignore the fact that history has a role to play into where we are today, but we're not really talking about what happened 100 years ago. We're talking about exactly what's happening now, today. What are the circumstances today? So historically, there has been one race that has more power in the system. Racism was invented by white people to protect white power primarily. Uh Racism was not invented to protect white people primarily. Racism is not as simple as most people assume it is. You got to keep in mind that for a majority of history, there's always been a minority of group of people who are have power. It's always been that way. No matter what system you find yourself in, whether it's a socialist system, a capitalist system, democratic system, or authoritarian dictatorship, there are going to be a select few of people who hold power and have the ability to make those decisions. Most white people didn't even own slaves. Most white people didn't even own slaves. I'll say that again. Most white people didn't even own slaves. Now, if you want to argue that most white people at some point in history benefited from the fact that they wasn't treated as harshly as black people and that they allowed it or didn't necessarily step up to stop it, then that's an accurate statement to make. But you can never, ever say that the white people in power had every white person's interest at heart. Remember, white women wasn't even allowed to vote at a point in our history. You also have to remember that if you didn't own land, you wasn't able to vote. So there was a level of oppression going on, even towards white people. It wasn't as bad as it was for black people, especially during slavery. 
but that's still them not receiving certain privileges that all white people had. I don't think it's possible to be racist towards white people. There needs to be a system of oppression. Generally, white people are the ones controlling that system of oppression. Why do you think it's more accepted in society to make jokes about white people? Because they make jokes about the rest of us constantly. All right, his response is, why do you think it's okay? The question is, why do you think it's okay to make jokes about white people? He says, this black guy says, because they make jokes about the rest of us. <laughs> okay, let's say all is fair. If white people can make jokes about minority groups, then minority groups can make jokes about white people. That's a perfectly fine statement. But I don't really think that entails everything that he's speaking on. I, I really don't think that is actually the mentality here. So do you feel like you have your guard up against white people? Sometimes I do. When white people are going through hardship, they're not as sensitive to it as you would be to a black community. In general, like white people, the privilege behind that. You make white jokes? I Here's the thing. Anytime you start to generalize, you're you're participating in a form of uh, stereotype. You're 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 participating in a form of racism, especially if you're using it towards race. White people as a whole do not experience privilege. Everybody has a certain level of privilege, depending on the circumstance. You got to remember that everybody has a certain level of privilege, depending on the circumstance. I would argue that there are privileges that black people hold in America today that white people don't have the privilege to do. We see that recently with um, the guy who drew the picture um, of he he drew the comic script. Um, I forgot his name. Adam West, uh, Adam Scott Adams or something of that sort, where he talked about how there was a large percentage of black people who said it wasn't OK to be white. And he said that white people should get, you know, the hell away from blacks. But when you look at the lady who wrote, wrote the book, White Fragility, she made the very similar statement that black people should get away from white people. But because she's on a certain political left and he's on a different political spectrum, even though he's considered to be left, maybe it was because he's a white male or maybe it because the context of it. But you know, you got to pay attention to that because at the end of the day, it's not all black and white. To a black community in general, like white people, the privilege behind that. You make white jokes? I do sometimes a little bit, but I'm trying to do better. He's over the. It's not wrong to make jokes. If, if we're going to play this game of white people, black people, uh, and you make jokes, we see comedians do it all the time. Comedians make jokes about race. And to me, I honestly think. Black comedians make more jokes about race than any other race of comedians. But you see Asian descent um, comedians make jokes about their own kind of lot. But yeah, that happens in, in, in America. It's not inherently wrong if it's funny, if, if you can resonate with the people. Um, you just got to ask the question. Is If you're okay making jokes about one race, then you should be perfectly accept. It should be perfectly acceptable for that other race to make jokes about you. You know, equality, right? The last few years, there's a growing movement where we're telling white people not only to ignore, but to accept things that we would never say to another race. Too many okay, he makes a very valid point. So maybe I misjudged this guy. Maybe. See white people in here, and this is a space where people of color. White women. If progress is the goal, then we must acknowledge inconsistencies and call out the double standards. Good luck, brother. Good luck. I mean, who's, you know, uh, I'm not just going to say good luck. You know, I believe in that. I believe in that message. 
I, I adhere to that message. The more people making that statement, the better we are. Um, it, will it work? I lose faith in that. And I'm a faithful person. I'm an optimistic person when it comes to dealing with human beings. But uh, maybe I'm appreciative of the fact that he's taking the time to address this. And he's making the statement that he's making. And it's sad that we have to. Bro, you make fun of white people all the time. It's not a whitey. I mean, bro, dude, I'm just trying to make a video right now. But would questioning this issue make me a white apologist or an Uncle Tom? But more importantly, am I making the problem? <laughs> he said Uncle Tom. I think Uncle Tom is usually a slur towards black people who decide to go against the grain. Black people who decide to step outside of what they consider mainstream black culture and speak against that culture. Um, it's usually as a derogatory term used to slur that person. I don't think it applies to people of other races, but I mean, kudos. Worse by even talking about it? Yes. We gonna see. How would you define racism? Racism is judging or seeing yourself differently from somebody else because of the color of your skin. I would just say racism, and I'll define racism because in a way, you can accept her definition, but I would say racism is about the belief that another race is inferior due to their race. And it doesn't necessarily have to translate to action. You can be racist against somebody and never take an action against them. You can just believe that they're inferior to you and that your race is superior because of your skin color. You don't have to actually have action. Um, racism can be passive. Racism can be aggressive. And racism can be inherently just a mindset which could have implications if you're not careful. It's just preconceived notions about someone based on their skin color. It's like yeah. a systemic system where basically people are starting off at a way different point because of the color of their skin. Wrong. White girl got it wrong. She has it completely wrong. Racism has nothing to do with systemic at all. This is a new way of people trying to redef redefine what racism is because when you do that, when you make racism systemic, when you only try to make it systemic, what you're doing is you're trying to make it seem as if anybody who doesn't hold power in a society cannot be racist, which is not true. It's a bait and switch, and it does harm to the conversation that needs to be had. While we have so many people out here accepting this form of definition of systemic, then what you're doing is you're disassociating uh, their mindset with the people who have the right mindset of what racism is, and they're talking past one another. There's confusion there. And in many ways, I think the people who employ this tactic want to create confusion. That way they can win the argument. Racism is made up social structure, exploits people based on their race. Globally, it seems like there's a lot of whiteness controlling racism. Is it okay to be prejudiced towards white people? Then? Sure. Is it okay? <laughs> this guy right here. This guy right here. Uh, just, just what, what can you say? Clownish mentality. Uh, it's okay to be prejudiced against white people. What is that? As a white man, like, what, what do you I have a word for this guy? I know if it was the other way around, if you switch the race to blacks, then um, they have a word for that. Okay to have prejudice towards black people. I mean, it's not okay, but I mean, I think racism describes a system of power. So for some, it seems like racism is about punching down and not punching up. But does that mean that as minorities, we don't have the power to discriminate? Let's see what the other side would say. A lot of people these days say that reverse racism doesn't exist. What do you think about that? There's this belief that racism against the person who is most likely to conduct the racism doesn't make it racist, which is untrue. If you're I like that. I appreciate her answer. 
it doesn't make it true. And this is basically what I've spoken on, but I do want to know y'all thoughts. What uh, and be feel free to answer these questions for yourself. Um, if you there's a comment section, write a comment. Let me know exactly how do you feel about these questions. Can you be racist against white people? Is it okay to be racist against white people? Um, what is racism? Is it systemic or is it uh, a bias? Is it prejudice? Like, I really want to know. And while you're at it, make sure you hit the like button and you subscribe or you follow. If you listen to it on podcasts or YouTube, whichever, make sure you you support. And if you think this conversation is important, feel free to share it to your family and friends. Definition of racism is purely systematic. No, I don't believe reverse racism can exist. If it's just a matter of discrimination, then yeah, absolutely. I don't believe in the, the notion of reverse racism. It's either racist or it ain't. There's no such thing as reverse racism. It's either racist or it's not. It's period. End of story. You're either racist or you're not. I had a racist brother and he was indigenous. Just because you're a minority doesn't mean you you don't hate. A lot of cases of racism, you find that people, their races are the victim of something. Do you think though? Which is crazy because oftentimes it's the, it's the, the immigrants and the people who come from different countries who get it right, which is crazy. You would expect that the people who've been living in the country majority of their life dealing with the the subject of race would get the right ideas about it but maybe when you're inside the bubble you can't see outside of it and immigrants come into the country and they can see all of the things that are wrong with this way that we're having this conversation about race and oftentimes you'll see that they get it right so at times people use that excuse of like you know you can't be racist towards white people and they mask hate with good intention i listen to my friends who are like people of color and they tell me their experiences and how they feel and i just try to understand the best that i can we need to get rid of this notion of people of color and the reason i say that we need to get rid of this term people of color um i'm not being picky here words matter how you describe something matters when you say people of color, what you're doing is you're grouping together all non-white races into one bucket of people, which you can never do because what they would consider people of color come from different countries, different backgrounds, different experiences. And not only that, they have different outlooks. They don't always agree on many different subjects. They don't agree politically. They don't agree culturally. And when you say people of color, you're, you're grouping blacks with Native Americans with foreigners who come from Africa, people who come from Asia. I don't like this people of color um, nonsense. Unless you can come up with a term that includes all of us, which is humanity. But white is a color. White people are a color. They're just not the other colors. Today is a lot of the racism that we see in the West in your face or behind closed doors. So in order to address such issues, policies like affirmative action and racial quotas were introduced in the 60s to increase representations for historically disadvantaged groups. Kudos to him, right? He, I really thought that this was going to be one of those videos that just went through and asked people a bunch of questions without any real substance. But what he decided to do was he decided to give you some education of the history of race and to try to tie in exactly what's happening here and trying to see how we got from there to here now. And I think that that's very important, even though I honestly think that we talk about race too much and everybody should have a general knowledge about these things before they get out of high school. 
most people should have a, a firm understanding of the history of racism, the history of oppression, the history of slavery, all of those things. You should know these things out of high school. Funny thing is you'll find so many people who just don't know very much about history. In our time, change has come to this nation, too. As we see today, controversy remains. Uh, affirmative action harmed everybody, though in different ways. As Thomas so well put it, it was a break from the traditional justice of equal opportunity in applying the same rules for all to a shift towards cosmic justice with a focus on equalizing prospects and creating equality of outcome. Which is equity, right? You got equality and then you got equity. Now, Thomas Sowell is, in my opinion, a very insightful guy. He's uh, very well known, especially in the conservative circles. Somebody who talked about the negative aspects of uh, affirmative action, integration, and those things. And he has a numerous amount of books that you can read. You got the uh, white, uh, black, rednecks, and white liberals. You got um, uh, cosmic, uh, uh, Forgive me, uh, but you you have the cosmic injustice. Uh, you, he he talks about the fact that there's this belief in society that you can somehow right all the wrongs throughout history, which you can't. And he, he he plays a pivotal role in expanding our concept of race and what it means to be black in America by addressing a lot of the lifestyles and a lot of the behaviors that we adopted as black Americans from certain culture and how it plays out. He talks about how liberals latched on to a certain cultural aspect of black people and made that the true black. And that's what we see even in our current time today where people talk about the black card or like I said earlier about the word Uncle Tom, where if you don't fit within a certain stereotype of what black people consider to be black or what white liberals consider to be black, then you're somehow an enemy to the black people. And that's where that mindset comes from. Um, and I really highly recommend that you check out Thomas Sowell. You don't have to agree with everything that Thomas Sowell says. And I also encourage you to read other authors who may disagree with Thomas Sowell, try to get a holistic picture and understand the, 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 the very nuanced positions that are held about these subjects. But it's very insightful. And I can guarantee you one thing. If you read Thomas Sowell books, you're going to come away knowing things that you would have never learned in school. And it will make you much more insightful when you think about the subject. Requirement for treating everyone the same is very simple. It's mass produced. The requirements for cosmic justice must be handmade and tailored to each individual case. And so it raises the question, can both equality and equity even coexist? But what are your... You cannot have equality with and equity. The problem is the moment you create equality, you definitely dismiss equity. Because equality means that people have the right to pursue their own dreams and their own goals, and people will do that, and you won't have equal outcomes. So equity looks at outcomes. And I can go into depth about equity and all of the problems that come with that, because in general, the only way to truly achieve equity is by authoritarian um, means. You, 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 you have to force people to pursue things in which ways that they may not choose. You you might have more black people playing football and basketball and they may enjoy that or they may decide to follow that in their own way by using their equality and their freedoms and rights. Whereas you might have more white people going to baseball or, you know, uh, hockey, for, for example. And these may be conscious choices that these people are making, 
But if you're looking at the outcomes only, then you're saying that there's a discrepancy on why black people are not participating in these sports and why white people aren't participating in those sports. And the only way to truly get equity is to force people to do sports that they don't want to do. And that's just a micro uh, example to try to hammer home exactly the difference between equality and equity and why they don't agree. Thoughts on, let's say, racial quotas or diversity hiring in the context of jobs or university. Programs like affirmative action, I think, are necessary. And I think they've shown to be effective at balancing income inequality between races. Which is wrong. Um, if you look at affirmative action, you'll notice that it has not truly been as effective as people would like it to be. If anything, it's been counterproductive. Not only do you create a resentment amongst um, groups who had to fight hard to get into certain universities, and they they have a resentment towards minority groups who they feel like got in because of affirmative action. But also you have people who are unqualified to be going to certain schools, getting in these schools and failing and flunking out when they would have been successful at a different college or university. Like uh, that's data out there to prove that point. Check it out. Job or opportunity should be given to the person who's got the best skill. I think a lot. Of exactly. Who do you want flying your plane? The best pilot or some guy who got into the pilot program because of affirmative action, even though he wasn't quite, you know, qualified to get in, you know, and who's to say, like, it's a possibility that minority groups may excel in certain fields and they may knock it out of the park without affirmative action. And even more so, it would be important to know that they did because then you wouldn't, we wouldn't have to judge or we wouldn't have to, you know, presume that maybe they wasn't as qualified. A lot of the time, the perception of diversity hires that these people are unqualified, where in a lot of the times you're giving somebody the shot to show that they are qualified. If they didn't have those quotas, then less black people would be in certain programs. If they were to get assessed, they say, okay, no, I have five Asians, I have 10 black people. Isn't that they discrimination though? Of course it's discrimination, but. Okay, at least she knows it's discrimination. At least she knows she, at least she knows it's discrimination. But how do you justify the discrimination? Where does the logic come in at? Let's see if the logic holds up. It has to be this way because that's the world we have created. I would point. Okay. She said it has to be this way because that's the world we've created. Okay. So let's try to take that in a, in a, in a contained sense. Let's try to, you know, not go off on a tangent with this. Let's say that it has to be that way because that's the world we created. So she's saying that the only way for these minority groups to excel is if we give them a leg up. She said that's the only way because it has to be that way because if it's not that way, then minority groups don't stand a chance. At least that's the reading that I get from her statement. Points to things like the Harvard scandal where really, really qualified Asian kids, so they're getting left out. You can have a shitty doctor because somebody got into med school, but their scores weren't that great. But I believe in quality of opportunity, not equality of outcome. I think that's Marxist and you can only enforce that with a gun. I've All right. So I would like to like be very careful when talking about the Marxist, Marxist philosophy. We often have a... a we also we often have this uh, intuitive sense to label anything that tries to address inequality as being Marxist because it's a collective mindset. Marxism is a very diverse uh, philosophy, and most people consider Marxism. If you are somebody who sympathizes with that movement, it's more about a worker. Um, it's more worker related. It's more about you know the group of people collectivizing in order to, you know, fight some kind of injustice against uh, 
uh, a meritocracy, whereas the mistreatment of workers, workers unite. There are so many different ways you can dissect what Marxism is. And if you want to point at places like the Soviet Union, for example, some people argue that Soviet Union wasn't truly Marxist. And some people argue that they got it wrong. But other people point to other countries and say, all of these people who try socialism, you know, ultimately led to ruin and disaster. Um, I've heard this conversation between Marxists and uh, people who disagree with the philosophy. I'll just argue that most Marxists don't necessarily adhere to Marxism being tried fully. I personally think that Marxism has been tried and I don't think that it's sustainable or that it accounts for the flaws of humanity and why it doesn't necessarily translate to the real world. It may look good on paper, but uh, everything isn't Marxist. Everything isn't Marxist that you disagree with. Everything isn't Marxist because liberals support it. Everything isn't Marxist because somebody's fighting for, um, you know, to make something less equal. You have to be very careful about using the word Marxist unless you truly understand the person you're talking to and what they're advocating for. I've also heard instances that it actually hurts Asian people the most, who is definitely a minority with only 6% in America. In that sense, do you think that's creating more division? I only know what I've read, and that's that they have been effective for helping historically underprivileged races. Especially for my people, for 400 plus years, we've been discriminated against and not given opportunities. I think that there's a bit of a slippery slope that happens when we bring people into certain opportunities or certain institutions simply because of their skin color. And you could even argue that itself inherently could be a bit racist. Just See, we're supposed to think that discrimination is inherently wrong. But now we're having the conversation about discrimination being good in certain circumstances. The moment you start advocating for discrimination, then you're playing with fire because you're saying it's okay to discriminate as long as you're discriminating for things that I agree with. And everybody's not going to agree with you. So... Why argue for discrimination under any circumstance? Because we know that if we start discriminating on certain other lines, then everybody's going to have a problem with it. So I would say, yeah, throw it out and throw the baby out with the bathwater in this particular case as well. Yeah, it may help a certain amount of individuals, but overall, what is the implications in society? What is the mentality that we're adopting? What is it that we're believing about ourselves when we decide that discrimination is okay in certain circumstances? You're you're, you're giving the races exactly what they want. You're, you're feeding into this mentality that it's okay to treat somebody differently because of their skin color. It's, it's reasonable to have equal amount of different races involved in the workplace. But is it achievable the way we're doing it right now? No, I don't think it is. So if achieving both is impossible, is the pursuit of inclusion actually creating more division? Because if measures are becoming more extreme and opportunities are given solely based on race, isn't it just going to go back to the same equality we sought to address? Diversity. Yes, 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 yes. I think I heard somewhere, uh, you have to fact check me on this, that the media has started using the word race like over 400% more than they used to. And this was sometime after the Obama election. Um, it seems that if talking about race is supposed to end racism, why don't we see that reflected in society? Why is it that people are becoming more divided and people are talking about race even more? You would think it would have the opposite effect, but it doesn't. See, logically, you can think about it and it makes sense. 
hey, if we focus on something more, then we're highlighting it more and we're allowing people to see it more, to have it on their brain more. And that means more people are more likely to see racism where it doesn't actually exist. When you're a hammer, everything becomes a nail. Matters. And, and does that include for Asian Americans? I, I'm not putting my personal opinion. I, I, he was fired for being a white male to diversify leadership positions. So besides our obvious history with race, it made me think, why is America so obsessed with race and racism? Yes. Here we go. All right. Um, as a as an Asian descent American, I applaud the fact that he's seeing it in the right light. Maybe. I'm missing something, but so far he seems to have really went into this with the intention of trying to get to the bottom of why racism is such a big topic and why has it have such much, how, why does it have so much of an impact in our day and age? And I think that it's dangerous waters to tread, especially for him. But at the same time, I think he will be received a lot better than a white person would. And that, inherently points to the problem of all of this. Do you think talking about racism helps the problem or makes the problem worse? I think talking about it with different sets of ideals hopefully pushes the conversation forward a little bit. Getting your worldview shattered and smashed to shit is sometimes good. White people should be talking more about race in my social settings with white friends. It isn't brought up enough. I think there's a certain level of awareness that needs to be raised. However, bringing it up in the context of us versus them, I think that itself contributes to racism. If we keep talking about it, eventually, you know, it'll probably subside somewhat. I don't think it's going to go away though. I think you have to look at things holistically and you can't be just one-sided left or right. I feel like there's always a middle ground. People recycle the same bullshit topics, but no one's talking about love. Do you think minorities blame white people too much? Yes, 100% they do because it's an excuse. Why the f*** are we talking about how we can connect more and actually learn about each other? Why now, for example, like listening to some of these people speak before, you wouldn't automatically assume that they would have differences of opinions on other subjects about race. Uh, I, I had... I had no hopes that these people would, uh, the, the the black girl and the other black girl that you've seen so far, I had no idea that they would actually admit that, yo, maybe we talk about race too much. Maybe that there are black people using race as an excuse, you know, and this girl that's on the screen now is talking about love. I mean, yeah, we can get all mushy, mushy about love. And look, love is important and we can talk about love, but most people live in day-to-day lives. They don't, they don't want to hear platitudes of love. They want to talk about exactly what they're going through in their struggle. And a lot of people feel like they've been discriminated against or unfairly mistreated. So like, they're not going to talk about love. They're going to talk about, I have these problems and these issues and somebody needs to fix them. You know, And this is probably the biggest problem that I may have with this video is that you can't necessarily get real solutions from average citizens because I really don't think that many of these people sit back and really think these things through. You know, they're just kind of going with their feeling or going with their, you know, their upbringing and what people around them talk about. But there's no real true thought about this and trying to actually come to a solution. Why is it always the problem we're talking about? Why not the solution? Now, this may sound wild, but has this obsession with race created an environment where woke people and racists are becoming the same thing? Because if it's true, perhaps one of the first signs was seen six years ago in this small college in Washington. Race, you have got to go. 
annual day of absence at Evergreen State College involved minority students leaving campus for the day to raise awareness of their contributions. But in 2017, organizers decided to reverse the rules and ask white students and faculty to leave campus instead. Brett Weinstein, a white professor, objected, citing these demands as forced segregation and discriminatory. And soon after, Weinstein's objections were met with protests and accusations of racism as student activists called for his resignation for promoting white supremacy. I am not interested in debate. I am interested only in dialectic, which does mean I listen to you and you listen to me. Eventually, Weinstein and his wife resigned from their positions filed a lawsuit, which was eventually settled for 500k. This is an issue. I don't know all about this case with Weinstein. I know all about it. But this is an issue. And the reason it's an issue is because we don't know the difference between racism and proper criticism. They've lost sight of it. Now, I'm not... We, we use this word woke. And different people mean different things when they say the word woke. So for the sake of this conversation, I'm not necessarily going to try to define what woke is. And maybe I'll try to wrestle that at a different time. And maybe I've already addressed it. But what I'll say is there are a, a section of people in our society who believe that the only way to reach true equality is by excluding one group from the conversation. How is it that you want this particular group to treat you better, yet you're not even trying to allow them to be a part of the conversation? You don't know how they think. You don't know what they believe. You don't know what their arguments are, what their objections are. You cannot find a solution that will solve the problem in society by excluding other members of that society. It makes no sense, especially when that group of people are the same people that you're claiming needs to fix the problem. And so even though the protesters may have genuinely felt that they were advocating for inclusion, reality is, is that they were promoting exclusion based on race. That's how whiteness works. Whiteness is the most violent system to ever breathe. Frankly, it's funny because when I was growing up, I never heard this term whiteness. I didn't even hear the term blackness. And I'd be asking people like, what do you mean when you say whiteness or blackness? I never get a satisfactory answer. I really never do. It's a word that really doesn't have a true definition. Ask somebody that you know who believes these things and ask them, what does your blackness actually mean? Because it can't be just being black because you wouldn't say blackness. You would just say black. It can't be being white because you would just say being white. So what does it actually mean when a person say blackness? Are you saying that there are certain stereotypical aspects of a black person that that person must adhere to in order to have blackness? Think about it. Every every student in that hallway has a clue about where they're going wrong. And so are we continuing to head down a path of revenge masked as equality? Because as it stands, is it fair to generalize an entire group based on the actions of a few in the past? Sure. I actually think that's a really interesting question because there's a lot of research coming out about how trauma is intergenerational. So even though you may not have experienced something, if your parents did, if they ever shared that story with you, you might have that ingrained memory somewhere. Okay, well then how about this? Like I'm Japanese American, right? Do you think then like Americans should judge the actions of my ancestors, let's say, on me? I think it's important that like people have this type of dialogue why they think a certain way why they hold certain beliefs and that's the only way we're going to be able to move forward she didn't answer the question though see she didn't answer the question it's a perfectly reasonable question to ask okay if you're willing to accept that what white people did 
their descendants should be judged and treated accordingly based on that. Are we willing to apply that across the board? Are you willing to judge a Japanese man for what his ancestors did in Japan, maybe to the Chinese during World War II? Are you willing to judge him based on that? Are you willing to judge black people for what their granddaddy may have done to somebody else? Like, where does it stop? Where does it begin? How far back do you want to go? Are we willing to blame certain Africans for their ancestors participating in the slave trade? Where, like, this is the problem. When you open the door to this type of con, like this type of conversation, and you permit it, and you think it's a justifiable point to make, all right, let's take your logic and let's apply it across the board, and let's see if you're willing to stand with it. But she didn't answer the question. Okay, but what if we take a completely different approach to it? Do you think it's okay to be racist if you're equally racist to everyone? <laughs> That's correct. Equal opportunity racism. Equal, equal opportunity racism. Funny thing someone told me recently is they want to learn more about culture so they can be more accurate in their racism. <laughs> Shut up. Why do you think I'm traveling right now? That is that is straight dedication. Just kidding aside, is saying that we don't have the power to discriminate as minorities using victimhood too actually discriminate but on the other hand is this overcorrection necessary to correct the wrongs of the past it is not it's a simple answer it's not you cannot put fire out with fire you cannot end discrimination with discrimination you cannot end racism with more racism you can't you're adding fuel to the fire in what world does that ever work in what world does it ever work to use the tactics of your oppressor to oppress them into equality? People don't work that way. People naturally become tribalistic. People naturally fight back. People start feeling misjudged. Who am I to tell a white person that they're responsible for what their ancestors did, even when they wasn't born? What kind of environment am I creating? What type of rhetoric am I using? What am I justifying? And it seems like that's exactly what Hollywood is doing. Whether it be Indian Velma or Black Annie, a recent trend has been replacing originally white characters with minorities in the name of diversity. The power of media cannot be ignored. Do you think that's a good way to increase representation? Oh, yeah, this is a big one. And this is in my wheelhouse right here. Uh, it's no secret that I think that Hollywood is suffering because of this diversity quota. The, their need to try to make representation. You're going to see more interracial couples on TV than you will see white couples. Watch commercials. You'll see uh, gay couples, interracial couples, lesbian couples. You'll see uh, LGBTQ all across the board in different commercials and different TV shows and stuff like that, even in positions where it doesn't make sense. I'll give you an example. If you watch the latest iteration of the Lord of the Rings um, trilogy and you saw the TV show that they came out with, they had elves and different like orcs and stuff like that. But now you got black elves and stuff like that. Even though we know that these shows are put in a time and place where uh, it, it represents a certain culture that happened at a certain time. The mythology of it comes from a white European back set. But yeah, we're supposed to accept it. How am I supposed to accept that, you know, there are mixed races, even amongst races that are like nowhere comparable to the real world? It takes you out of it. And honestly, it's, it's, it's tiresome. I don't care what race or what gender or whatever a person is in a movie or a TV show. What I care about is the writing. What I care about is the acting. I want to enjoy my movies and TV shows. I don't want to be preached to. 
I don't want to be talked down to. I don't want to be told how to think. And for the life of me, which is why I don't spend a lot of my money watching a lot of these TV shows or going to see some of these movies. And Disney, Marvel has this problem. Asian amongst minorities, or do you think that's a bit lazy? Anytime that we try to intentionally increase visible minority representation in the media is a good thing. Maybe it's forceful diversity. People trying too hard to be inclusive and all that. Honestly speaking, I can't say that I looked to Disney characters or other characters to see what opportunities exist for me. However, being able to see other women of color in positions of power, whether it be in the legal force, whether it be in politics, was something that did open my eyes to the opportunities that are possible. Yes. You know, here's the thing, though. Like I said, logic. It's applied that logic. How come none of these people are ever looking for somebody who works in a coal mine or works on the railroads or construction? Why, why don't you see women coming out saying that there's a disparity in the construction business while there are so many men and not enough women? Or, you know, fracking. You never hear these arguments. You never. It's always about positions of power, positions of prestige. Pay attention. It's really not about quotas. It's not about representation. It's about specific types of representation and specific types of industries because that's what the power is. And ultimately, they want power. Think about it. Tell me if I'm wrong here. Do you disagree? Do you think that I'm missing something? You know, I made a video about women in the MCU and about them creating this environment to where, like, they're replacing all of the men with women and they're sacrificing the male actors, the roles, for the sake of putting... They'll put them down in order to lift up a woman. The woman has to be smart. The woman has to be intelligent. The woman has to be the best fighter. She has to be all of those things. And in many cases, don't even have to really work for it. And then, you know... If I say that, I speak on it, some people will call me a sexist. Some people will actually think that I hate women. Why would I hate women? I'm married to a woman. I have four sisters. I have nieces, my mom. In what world do I want to live in that they are discriminated against or that they're not given opportunities because they are women? That makes no sense to me. But by pointing out an obvious fact, you become a sexist. That's why these words don't mean anything anymore because people are only willing to demonize you and call you these words because they disagree with you. And it's mostly not because they actually want to deal with your arguments. It's because they don't want to deal with your arguments. They want to dismiss you. I'm a black woman, but when they create these shows, it's like almost so far gone for me. I don't care what my skin color is. I know who I am. I think it's pandering a lot of the time. When it's just you swap out a character, you don't change the dialogue, and you say they're black now, and then you try to make yourself look good, that's that's lazy and pandering to me. It's a good... Okay, see? This 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 video has shown me that even the people who said unsatisfactory answers before, they can even give you satisfactory answers. That's what I talk about. Nuance, right? You cannot judge people based on one idea that they have. It could be a wrong idea, but they might be right on two or three other ideas. Like, you have to judge each argument based on its own merits. I'm trying to encourage that. I'm trying to be a part of that. And I know that there are people who will listen to one of my videos or something and take one thing I said and judge me purely based on that. But they don't want to open themselves up to hearing my whole idea. They don't want to hear exactly the broad scope of my reasoning. And I just think that it's lazy. It's so lazy. And 
being lazy is not a problem. It's only a problem when you allow that laziness to get a big mega microphone. And now everybody has an opinion and everybody has something to say. And everybody thinks their opinion is equally valid when it's not. You know, at least take the time. At least take the time to be educated on what you're speaking about. To really dive deep and think logically. But a lot of times it's just laziness. It's a good point because does Hollywood genuinely care about amplifying minority voices or is it about the woke points? Don't you think it would also just be more effective if we actually just told real stories of minorities, of like actual people, instead of just replacing it with a white, traditionally white character? Exactly. Like, for example, the mermaid, uh, the mermaid movie where they make the Little Mermaid black. Why? You don't have to do that. You could just create a new mermaid and make her black. Tell a totally different story with a black mermaid. She could even be in the same world. Just make a different character who's black. But you had to replace the little mermaid herself with a black character. You know, they they a while back they were talking about making James Bond a black woman. What 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 are we doing here? You don't have to do this. Like I said, it's laziness. It doesn't even it doesn't even take that much energy to just be a little creative. Matt Damon, who was in the Great Wall of China, and everyone was so offended. Yeah. Why is it him? Scarlett Johansson played like an Asian girl. <laughs> so it's like, is it because she's a better actress? There's no way there is a one Asian person yeah. that could have been casted that's as good as Scarlett, because Scarlett is not that great. And that's exactly why we need to explore the intention. Because besides the history of negative, racist, and emasculating portrayal of Asians in media, for years, films about Asians were being replaced with white people. But in current times, it's shifted to ignorant portrayals of white people while still continuing to focus on our differences rather than our similarities. It's white cis men who are the least grounded, most destructive race. And when media is constantly impacting how you... Those are the people with the most views. Those are the people with the hundreds of thousands of views and hundreds of thousands of subscribers, the people who give you controversy, the people who yell at you and tell you that they're right and you're wrong and that they are fighting for your... I don't ever presume that I know what's best for you. I respect my audience. I respect my listeners because I believe that you have your own unique experience and you know exactly what you're going through in life. And whether you know if you're a racist, you know if you're a racist or not. You know these things. I never presume to tell people exactly what they need to accept. I only give my thoughts, give my knowledge, my wisdom and I allow it to speak for itself. Take from it as you will. I don't preach down to people. But I've suffered because of it. True. I suffer because of it. True. But imagine if everybody did exactly what I'm doing. But I can't make that world exist. I just hope that I'm creating an environment to where people are thoughtful and people are willing to think for themselves and to be truly individual and to use their privileges, whatever privileges that they may have, to try to make the world a little bit better, right? You view society. We're being taught that every societal ill is the fall of whites and that as minorities, we can say whatever the hell we want about white people. So at this point, what the hell even is a solution to a more equal society? But what I realized is that this whole time, we weren't even looking at the right problem. What do you think is a bigger problem, racial or income differences? I would say that income inequality would be worse. because. All right, so here we have this 
this switch switch up, right? And a lot of people have taken this mentality of like, well, it's not racism. It's 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 it's, it's, it's income inequality, and racism is just a uh, a guise. It's just an excuse to not focus on the real problems in society. Look, I have a nuanced position on this. On one hand, I think that there are corporations and companies that are working in cahoots with the government and they are allowing themselves to be more enriched while using the rest of the public as guinea pigs and taking advantage of us, right? And on the other hand, I feel as if everybody is doing much better than they were 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 200 years ago. And a rising tide lifts all ships. I really do believe that. I think that a lot of us have uh privileges in the western world that you can't even begin to fathom but it's perspective people usually living in the circumstance can't see how good they really have it but poverty has gone down starvation has gone down homelessness have gone down health has gone up people have lived longer and there are a lot of issues that we need to address yes there's a lot of problems with the food we eat the water we drink there's a lot of problems with um, education. There are real problems that need to be faced, but we have to put it in perspective. It can't be all the way at zero, or all the way at 100. You have to be able to like, okay, see and appreciate all of the opportunities you do have while at the same time addressing those things that need to be fixed without blowing it out of proportion. I think that if we were to be able to fix that somehow, then it could fix a lot of the other issues. Income inequality. I think that like we all deserve like a certain standard of living. Yes, racism sucks, but at the same time, it's not on the level of like people who can't eat. I think the discrepancy of income can actually affect certain components of race and how certain things are viewed. And so I kind of see them as feeding into each other. Racial. Absolutely. Like racial inequality follows income inequality. I think it's still racial because at the end of the day, that plays into the income and everything else that goes on, like the opportunity opportunities that we have. I think it all plays into it. So I can guarantee you that I've heard this argument so many times that racism plays into inequality. And usually the person that I'm hearing it from has suffered no inequality. Usually the person who's saying that is living their best life. They got the job they want or they're working. They got some income. They've never been pushed up against a police car, head bashed in, They've never been denied a job because of their skin color. At least they can never prove it or they don't have really any solid case to make it. I usually hear this argument from those people. Now, I could that's anecdotal evidence. That's not to say that that's true across the board. What I'm saying is in every situation that I've had that conversation, it's coming from somebody who have experienced really no oppression at all. Relative poverty and there's abject poverty. In the West, I don't think we have abject poverty. But people that are down and don't want to get up and work, go bust your ass, man. Very few people that are busting their ass. I would say most of them are probably getting someplace. Somebody gonna eat him up in the comments. Are you telling people to pull themselves up by their bootstraps? The bootstrap argument. And then the response is, how can somebody pull themselves up by their bootstraps if they don't even have boots? <laughs> I'm not getting into that right now. But I can hear the arguments already. It may be slow, but you're going to get some place. How about like, let's say for an example, like LeBron James' son. Do you think he probably was born in a better position than let's say like a poor white kid in the trailer park? I feel like that's different. I oh my God. 
Oh my God. You ever get annoyed with people who can't answer simple questions? At least answer the question and then give me, you know, expand upon it. At least do that. But boy, the people who can't answer simple questions, it's just, it baffles me. I, you can't compare the two because yeah. at the end of the day, he is a black man. He still is viewed as a black man in society. So the man is born into riches. The man is probably going to have the best and the finest education that money can buy. He's probably going to go to the best schools. He's probably going to have a nice car. He's probably never going to go to bed hungry trying to figure out what he's going to eat tomorrow. He never has to stress about getting his bills paid. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Seriously, let's consider what do you hear her? Do you hear her? This is a problem where people can't even admit the obvious. More money would help you get along better. You can have power and still be a victim of racism. As a, no matter whichever issue is worse, why do we always hear about one but not the other? Why do you think like in the news, like we hear more instances? Uh, I feel like a lot of the rhetoric in the media today is around racial wars. It's a way of grasping at straws and uh, dealing simply with very complex issues. It's a distraction. It sells. They need clicks. And like I told you at the beginning of this, race sells. Racism sells. And people buy it. We buy it. We buy it. We buy it up. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. At least I've had enough. But that's why the media does what they do. Because yo, people will buy it. People will read it. People will tune in and listen. They'll get the views. We know this already. And even though we know it, many of us fall victim to it time and time again. But the big issue is poverty, poverty in overpopulation. People who are in charge of portraying things in the media are often very wealthy themselves, right? They don't want to shine a light on inequality. Racism seems a lot more visual. It's visual. Yeah. yeah. You get uh, that outrage response with racism. It's easy to be like, that person. And when the focus is on differences, that's all we start seeing. Which is what I said earlier. And I guess this is what I was speaking about earlier. Since 1989, Scott Adams has been best known for his newspaper comic Dilbert, as well as his books and live streams on social and political issues. However, on February 22nd of this year, it all came crashing down. This is the first political poll that ever changed my activities. On his live stream, Adams responded to a poll that asked black respondents if it was okay to be white. And the results show that 53% said yes, while 26% disagreed and 21% were not sure. So if, if you know, nearly half of all blacks are not okay with white people, uh, that's a hate group. This is what I was saying. It's funny how they focused on what he was saying, but nobody took the time to really focus on the actual poll. Nobody took the time to look at the study that that many black Americans couldn't say that it was okay to be white. Think about that. That's the bigger story, in my opinion. People were focused on what Scott Adams said. And I was worried about, holy cow, you mean to tell me that many black people feel this way? What have I been doing? What have we been doing? I, I, I blame myself, but not as much as I could blame myself because I know that I don't have the platform to reach enough people to make a difference as much as I would hope to. But at the same time, I know, I know that the people with the platforms are doing the exact opposite of what I'm doing. Not all of them, not all of them, but boy, am I so tired of seeing 
black conservatives trashing black people and talking about how dumb black people are. And, and I'm so tired of seeing white liberals and black liberals talking about how systemically racist the country is. Oh, my goodness. And I don't want to have anything to do with, you know, based on the current way things are going. The best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Newspapers across the country are dropping the Dilbert comics. There's a line that gets crossed. What do you say to people? People say that, okay. Let me address this real quick. If you want to know exactly where I stand and what Scott Adams actually said, he's saying that. If so many black people feel as if it's not okay to be white, then maybe white people should get away from black people. I know as an intelligent man that by saying that, he was going to get in trouble. We know this. Now, the question is, did Scott Adams care enough about the trouble he was going to get into? Didn't matter. Or did he feel that it was important enough to say that regardless of the consequences, he had to say it. You know, I just feel as if uh, he's not, he's just, the pond is too big for the fish. The pond is too big for the fish. No matter how many of us are trying to stop this racism nonsense and this racial conversation, it's just not enough. It's bigger than all of us. And, the ones who care enough to say anything, they're going to eat him alive. And then not only will they eat him alive, it wouldn't have made a difference. People who heard that and say, Scott Adams is racist, are you? This prompted several newspapers to drop his strip and his publisher to cancel his upcoming book. In a separate stream, Adams defended his remarks as hyperbole, that the cancellation was based on out-of-context statements. If you listen to it in context, it makes perfect sense. Did I espouse racism or did I say you should try to get away from it? Yeah. If you say it's not okay to be white, you're being racist. So, in all means, you got to ask. I mean, the man got a valid point. If you're being racist and we don't want to be around racist, no matter who it's coming from, and we've already established that you can be a minority group and be racist, that means those black people are being racist. And especially they're being racist towards your group. Why would you want to be associated with racist? Now, there is a nuance here, and I've used that word a lot in this conversation, but there's something that we have to pay attention to. When black people say that it's not okay to be white, what they're inherently believing, they're not saying that they're racist. They don't believe they're racist. What they're saying is being white in America is a privilege. This is what they believe. And basically, they're conflating white with privilege. And they're saying it's not okay for those people to have privileges that we don't. I really do believe that that's what most of those black people were thinking when they said it's not okay to be white. They're not saying that all white people should die or that all white people are evil. They're saying that white people equals privilege. That's where it goes back to whiteness. They felt like they were answering that question that way. I really do believe that because believe it or not, most black people can be friends with white people. Most black people can hang out with white people, don't have any real problems with white people. You might have a certain segment of black population who are actually racist towards white people. And some are racist by proxy because they think they're doing the right thing. But honestly, it's just another form of racism and they don't know it. 
explains further that corporate influences are creating a collective narrative that people are racist and there's some amount of the black population that's poisoned they're just poisoned by the narrative they are victims he further clarified his points that white americans are demonized by the collective forces so wherever there are groups of people who have been programmed by the media who have a reflexive bad feeling about you i would avoid them and so with further context does he have a point every time we yo this this uh japanese guy um let me look see the name of his channel uh his name is jen g-e-n uh y'all go check him out and give him some support if you made it this far because i appreciate what he's doing and jen if you see this i'm open for a conversation uh, i would love to have you on my show i would love to come on your show i would love to discuss these topics with you in depth and i think it's a very important one to have so if y'all go follow him or if y'all already follow him y'all let him know javier javier extends his hand um and would like to have a conversation we'll see how that goes we treat race as the way to understand anything doesn't work but class does if you look at class it explains everything are we being taught to the cycle of negative media to hate one another and that it was always about the money especially in america i think that the you see how it comes full circle like i called this out at the very beginning of this recording i called this out it comes full circle I've seen it. I've seen it. And it always comes to the same conclusion. It's about money and power. Foundation is built upon differences, and that's not right. I think it's on purpose. It's perpetuated through the media, through separation, through stereotypes. And yeah, purposefully, we're all too mean to each other. And I like how the fact that this uh, her boyfriend or her guy is back there, he had nothing to say the whole entire time. But she's like, I'm into this, and I'm going to talk about it, right? Uh me personally, I would have like if it was my wife, I'd be like, "Yo, um, let's go. We're not engaging in this conversation." Like, uh, I probably if if anybody's gonna talk, look, I know that my wife would probably be like, "Oh, da 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 da." She she got her feelings about it, and me and her disagree about a wide variety of subjects when it comes to race. But at the same time, this dude is just like, "I'm here for your support." You know, just put your face on camera and talk about how you feel about all of this, even though it's gonna go on the internet, like. Dude, chill it. Focus on how we're not similar when we are. So if we want more unity, we must prioritize accountability. Because ironically, it's those who claim to be the most open-minded that's actually the most closed-minded. And it's exactly why the line between woke people and racists are becoming the same thing. 1984. It's, it's double thought. It's double speak. It's like, we are against oppression, yet we are the oppressors we are for freedom yet we want to restrict your freedom it's like the same thing that they claim they want they're doing the exact opposite and they will try to make you believe that it's not crazy right do you think that's the best way to achieve equality is through hate no no absolutely not but i think you can't have those two words in the same sentence equality and hate you know <laughs> because if equality is achievable it's never through hate, but instead it's about looking inwards and having conversations to find common ground. Because if we truly care about an issue, we must acknowledge the good and also address the bad and sometimes the ugly. And that's exactly the mission to explore the unfamiliar. He's being reasonable. Reasonable. That is a word that we all can be. Reasonable. and. In a way, being reasonable in society in America these days is radical. 
it's radical. Thanks for watching and subscribe if you want to see more content where I turn street interviews into investigative journalism. If YouTube gets it right, you'll like this video too. Look at that. Now, that, that is great. Um, I think that that gave me a lot to actually discuss and talk about. And I appreciate all y'all taking the time to watch this with me. Um, I'm very curious to see what y'all thoughts are on this video itself and about some of the questions he raised. Do you think he has the right perspective? And is he doing a good thing ultimately? What do you feel about what I said at the very beginning of the video about race being about money and about power? And at the end of the day, that's what it all comes down to. And it's up to each single one of us to say, no, enough is enough. We won't play this game no more. We won't click on these videos. That's all about race. We won't follow every story because they're talking about racial tension. And we're going to decide to see the world in a way that is reasonable. That's all we really can ask for at the end of the day. We just want more people to be reasonable. America is a great country. It can be better. We can address certain problems, but we can also appreciate a lot of the things that we take for granted. All of those things come full circle. So I appreciate y'all taking the time to rock with me and to listen. And I enjoyed reviewing this video and giving my reaction and breakdown to it. Hopefully you enjoyed it as well. Uh, there's some new merch on the Hobby Lobby apparel merchandise store. So go over there and, you know, make a purchase. You support the show, but you also, at the same time, you get to look fly. And it allows me to keep doing what I'm doing. And I also would like to see y'all in y'all shirts. So if you do purchase a shirt, send me a picture at my email. You can find it on the Hobby Lobby YouTube channel. The email's there. Uh, I would love to see it. Um, thank y'all so much for watching. And like I always say, peace and glory, everybody. Be peaceful and be great. Until next time, I'm out.